0: Well, what is up, Clausen and family? Anybody excited to be here? Yeah. Y'all, I just have to say, I am absolutely stoked about what I'm going to be speaking about this week and what I'm going to be speaking about next week. Uh, I'm, I'm real pumped about what God has been doing. I need y'all to help me out. For those of you uh, that haven't been here, the church family is about to tell you what we've been talking about. What is the name of the series that we're in right now? Claussen DNA. And I thought it was really cool. My dad preached a couple of weeks ago and he he told us what DNA is. And I I wanna share that with you. DNA is the fundamental and distinctive characteristics or qualities of someone or something that makes it who or what it is, okay? The characteristics or qualities of something or someone that makes it who it is. So we have a culture that is in our church and our DNA is the characteristics and the qualities of the church, of the people that makes it who it is. Amen. And this is what we've been talking about. If you have your guide on the, the front of it, it says Clausen DNA, and it has all of the different preaching topics that we've been going over for Clausen DNA. The ones that we've talked about so far is at Clausen, we're family. Amen. Listen, it's a big deal to us that at church, you come to church to hang out with family. We are family and that's what we do. Number two, your expectation affects your experience. I believe that with all my heart. When you come to church and you don't come expecting anything, what do you think you're gonna leave with? Nothing. Probably nothing. But if you come and God begins to build an expectation in you, typically you're gonna leave with something much better than, than, than what you came. Some, somebody say amen. amen. How about at Clawson, the spirit takes the lead. How many of y'all are thankful for that? Listen, it doesn't matter what's on the paper. It doesn't matter what we got planned. If, if God decides to go in a different way, we're going with him, because he's smarter than we are. Amen? Okay, and then the other ones that we've talked about, Pastor Kevin, he, he, he preached on, um, we work like someone's life depends on it because it does. How many of y'all believe that? And he also preached on, we give all that we have and all that we are to reach all of the people. And then Pastor Jordan, last week, he preached a message. No one walks alone. We grow together so that we can go together. And then this morning and next week, I'm really, really excited. Next week, y'all, I am preaching my favorite of all of our, all of our values. You want to be here next week because I'm going to have fun with it. If you're going to get offended easily, you may want to stay home next week because I'm going to be dangerously authentic, okay? Okay i just going to go ahead and share it with you. Dangerously authentic. That means I'm in danger if I'm being that authentic. And you've seen me be authentic. So next week I'm preaching. We are dangerously authentic at Clawson. I encourage you to come. I'm going to have fun with it. And, and it's going to be a lot of great stuff. But today, everybody say today. Today I'm tackling two of our values that I absolutely love. Really pumped about sharing with them with you this morning. And as I get ready to speak, I'm going to ask the Lord to just speak through me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and would you pray for me as I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would take the lead, take the lead of my mouth. God, I just wanna be a vessel that you are using to speak today. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts, everyone's hearts that are in here. Give us exactly what we need right now for today. Lord, I love you and I thank you and I just give you praise for what you're gonna do. In your precious name, I pray, amen. So I'm tackling two of our our values. The first one that I wanna talk about is this. At Clawson, this is where the party starts. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let's party. Now, I know probably some of you are thinking right now, why is that so important? that it goes on our value list. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to say this is where the party starts. But why is that so important that it's one of the top 10 things that we believe and we dig into at Clawson? I wanna share that with you. I believe it is ridiculously important for God's people to celebrate what God does. It's real important, y'all. I didn't get very good amens on that one. It is important for God's people to celebrate what he is doing. And I believe we should have a celebration mindset and that that's important to God. Let me ask you a question. Anybody ever been to a church that was dead? Anybody ever been to a church that was absolutely boring? Listen, that ain't no party. I'm just going to be real with you today. That is not a party. My dad makes me laugh when he tells the story of him and my mom getting saved. He said that they, they wanted to go to church and dad didn't really know where to go to church. And so they went to my, one of my mom's old churches and they went into this little Baptist church. And listen, absolutely nothing against the Baptist. We're on the same team with the Baptist, but they worship sometimes differently than we do. And so they went to this, obviously too, y'all, some Baptists some Baptist got it going on. Did y'all know, I learned like two years ago, did y'all know that Stephen Frederick's church is a Baptist church? Elevation worship is Baptist people? Listen, elevation worship is my people. I'm thinking about something. No, I'm not thinking about being Baptist. But listen, what I'm saying is uh, I got nothing against Baptist going on. No, no shout out to the Baptist. Everybody say shout out to the Baptist. Okay, thank you. Because it ain't about a denomination. We're about the Lord. And if they're going to celebrate and worship Jesus, I'm right with them. So they, they decided they was going to go to church. They go to this little bitty Baptist church. And y'all ever been to one of them churches, like halfway through the worship service? Anybody? I preached at a church one time. Woo! I pastored a church one time that sometimes when I was on the stage, I'd have to turn around and look this way. Like, God, please, please help us. Listen, I've been to those churches, ain't no party going on. We sing songs like, ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party going on. You can't do that in a little bitty Baptist church where everybody going to sleep. And so they left the church and my dad said, hey, I ain't going back there. And my mom's like, why can't we go back there? He said, because it is boring. It's the ain't, ain't nothing going on there. Somebody say Amen. Listen, I want to tell you something, if, and I'm, I'm with him on that. I want to go to a church where we're partying. I want to go to a church where we're celebrating, where we're having fun. Can I tell you something? Listen to me this morning. There is nothing biblical about not having a party in church. There's nothing biblical about not having a party because we want to look or we want to be dignified. As a matter of fact, I would say I would say that the Scriptures actually tells us that that attitude is not the attitude that God wants us to have because God wants us sometimes to be a little bit undignified. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know what you're saying whenever you surrender yourself to be in a place where you're undignified? You're saying, God, I don't care how I look. God, I love you with everything in me, and there's nothing that's going to stop me that's going to give you my all. Everybody say, this is where the party starts. Listen to me in your Bible. I want to prove it to you in your Bible. Probably several of you know the story, the story of King David. Y'all know this story? King David in the Bible, one of my favorites. It's in 2 Samuel, if you want to turn there, chapter 6. David is getting ready and prepared to bring the ark back into Jerusalem. It hasn't been into Jerusalem. He's getting ready and prepared. Can you, can you feel and sense? King David, the ark of the covenant brings blessings wherever it goes. And he is getting the green light to bring the ark back into Jerusalem. Y'all, he is pumped. He is excited. And so it says in the Bible, they, get, they go six steps. Everybody say Six. He is so excited. He only lets him get six steps into the city. And let's read this together. Chapter chapter 6, verses 13 through 22. It says, after the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps. I want you to get that. It's important. David sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. How much of his might? Mm, When's the last time we did that? Dance before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all of the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy. Were they whispering? Were they quiet? Shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Verse 16. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael... The daughter of Saul, who's also his wife, David's wife, looked down from her window when she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set in the place inside the special tent that David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Listen to this, this sounds like Clawson. Then he gave to Ezri, every Israelite, man and woman to the crowd, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates and a cake of raisins. Then all of the people returned to their homes. So he blesses all the homes. And then the Bible says, when he returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Now listen to what David says, I love this. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all of his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel and the people of the Lord, so I celebrate. God has done so much in me that I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. Listen, here's what David is saying. I think it's so good. Write this down in your notes. I don't care what you think. You mad at me, huh? Well, I don't care what you think. I don't care how undignified it was because I wasn't doing it for you. And this is my favorite part. And just so you know, I'm even willing to look more undignified. Next time I may just take the garment off. I'm even willing to look even more undignified because of what he has done in me. Somebody say, let's celebrate. (laughs) Listen, during this series, we've been highlighting people that live out these values. I believe the reason that we have these values in our church is because our people live out these values. And, and the person that I think, when I think who, who makes the party start at Clawson? I think, you know, this is where the party starts. Uh, I want you to think real quick, who makes the party start at Clawson? I bet dad's thinking probably the same person I am. And I want to give it up for a man by the name of Evan Davis. Evan, would you stand, stand up. Would you wave it at everybody? <coughs> He said, he just told your mom, it's Evan Davis. Listen, when Evan, Evan's gone two weeks and he's here for two weeks and he's, when Evan is here for two weeks and I come down to the front, I'm already going, oh yeah, baby. You know why? Because Evan is going to be everywhere with that guitar. Woo. Listen, when Evan is not here, there's something missing. Amen? Oh, help me, Jesus. And I want to honor him for that. I want to honor him for what? Sorry. <laughs> for, for making the party start at close. And listen to me, though. I'm not honoring him for jumping and dancing. I'm honoring him because I know Evan and I know why he is okay with looking undignified. Even when nobody else was dancing, even when everybody else was at their seats and we had three people at the front, Evan had his guitar, baby, and he going after it. And I'm honoring him because I know why he does that. You know why he does that? I know Evan's past. (laughs) I know what God did in Evan's past. I know that God rocked Evan's world. And because God rocked Evan's world, he could care less about what you think. He cares about what he thinks. And he wants to give him his praise to the best of his ability. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, listen to me this morning. When God saves someone's life, it is not time to be quiet. It's time to party. Matter of fact, the Bible says that they are having a party in heaven when somebody gets saved. We should be having a party on earth too. Amen. When God transforms somebody's heart, it's time to party. When God gives spiritual breakthrough and revival, it's time to party. When God heals somebody and puts a marriage back together, when God baptizes people and people are filled with the Holy Spirit, it is time to party. When God gives us a prophetic word or or a, 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 a message in tongues and an interpretation, it's time to party. When God is doing something in the house, And listen to me this morning when he ain't doing it, but we're coming expecting him to do it. And he ain't even showed up yet. It's still time to party because we're partying, saying we know what's coming. And because of what's coming, we're celebrating. Somebody say celebrate. 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 (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. You know, when I think about the, when I think about how a church should celebrate, I always go back to Psalms 150 in the Bible. I want to read this to you because I think think it's so good. Y'all okay with me today? All right. I'm having fun, y'all. Psalms 150. I'm I'm celebrating. You do whatever you want. I'm going to (laughs) celebrate. Psalms 150. Here's what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Now listen to this. Praise him with the blast of a ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre. I don't even know what that is. And a harp. Praise him with the tambourine and with dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals and with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything dead has breath. Praise the Lord. Let me let me let me me give you Josh Pogue's interpretation of this scripture. Whatever it is that you got, whatever talent that you have, if you can blast the horn, if you can jam on the guitar, if you can play the keyboard, if you can bang on the drums, if you can play the bass guitar, if you can play the keyboard, if you can grab and wave a flag, whatever it is that you got, if you can sing, if you can love him, you do whatever it is that you can do to give him your best praise. Because praising God is not boring. I don't care. I'm even willing, what'd he say? Get more undignified than this. And my shoe's untied. Well, pastor, pastor, it just gets too loud. It gets too loud. Listen, verse five actually said it's supposed to be loud. Did y'all catch that? Here's what verse five said: With loud clanging cymbals, it didn't say with the toot of a ram's horn. <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> with the blast of the ram's horn. Ain't nothing should be quiet about worshiping Jesus. What He is saying here is, we're supposed to give all that we have and worshiping Jesus, and when God's people are giving all that we have, when the singers are singing, and the guitars are blaring, and the cymbals are banging, and the horns are going, it is not going to be quiet. Amen. And if you like a quiet church, a wrong church. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, she said it, not me. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> At Clausen, this is where the party starts. This is a big deal to us. Why? You know, let me tell you why that's a big deal to us. Because it is a big deal to us what he's doing. And he loves to see his people celebrating in thankfulness because of what he is doing. That's important, y'all. All right, let's move to the second value. I think I got that one enough. Number two, at Clausen, we get to do this. This, some of you may have noticed that's what, anybody noticed that's what's on my shirt? Y'all say that's a good looking shirt. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> we get to do this. That, the, the, that is the attitude of Christ. We get to do this. And we're going to dig into this in just a minute, but, but just so I can, uh, since y'all like my shirt, let me just throw out a, how many of y'all are going to be working, serving in Mad Day next, next, uh, next week? Okay, if you're serving in Mad Day, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little bit of instruction on how that's gonna work. So next week, we're gonna come, we're gonna worship. We're gonna, it's gonna be, oh. It's gonna be crazy and awesome. We're gonna celebrate what God's doing. We're gonna get dangerously authentic. And then at the end of, nobody's gonna be naked though. I'm just gonna, no dancing that way, no worshiping that way. Not that authentic, okay? That's, anyways. Okay, Uh, so right after service, Right after service, we're gonna go to the, the gym. For those of you that are serving, we're gonna go to the gym. We're gonna eat a quick bite. We're gonna gra- Everybody's gonna grab one of these shirts. They got a and C on the back and then we get to do this on the front and we're gonna go serve our community. That's what we're gonna do next Sunday. And so if you wanna be a part, we really need you to sign up uh, in the back. But, but why does the shirt say, and why is it so important, this attitude, we get to do this? Let me get into that real quick. Here's why it's important. Because at Clawson, we understand that it is an honor to serve and love people for Jesus. It's not an obligation. It's not something that I have to do. It's something that I should treat as an honor. Somebody say amen. amen. We get to do this. And because we've been highlighting people, I want to highlight somebody real quickly that I believe lives out this... Um, this value in his life. He hasn't been coming to Clawson for very long, probably maybe seven, eight, nine months. Uh, But Chris, Chris Thomas, where are you at? Where's he at? Sitting out in the front. front. Somebody go get him. Let me tell you about him real quick. Somebody say, hey, so Chris has been coming to church for probably like eh, seven, eight months. Hey, Chris, wave at us. Y'all wave at Chris. So, so thank you, Chris. So Chris has this mindset. He don't even know that. I, he has this mindset. We get to do this. Let me share with you why I know that he has this mindset. He's been coming to church here for six or seven, eight months, something like that. How long have you been coming to church here? Five okay, sorry. Five months. He seems like he's been around for a while because he's been helping me out a lot. So he comes to church here and all of a sudden, boom, he, he just does everything. If the trash can needs to be taken out. I see him taking the trash out to, and, and throwing it in the dumpster. If something needs to be done, if an electrical thing is jacked up, He'll go and he'll like everything that just needs to be done. Like you'll see him just walking through. Oh, that needs to be done. Let me do it. Oh, that needs to be done. So, 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 um, so he, he comes and he just starts doing all the stuff. Then he started seeing that they needed help in the media booth. And I saw him this morning with a camera. Y'all see him right here with a camera this morning, starts running a camera. And then he starts coming every Monday morning. Probably nobody even knows this. Every Monday after work, he sets up the whole most excellent way room. He just comes and sets it up. It stinks. Nobody wants to set it up. You got to carry eight tables all the way in there, pull all the chairs out. Do it. It's a lot of work to go get it set up. He just comes and starts setting it up. Then I get a text message because I borrowed a lift from Tim. I borrowed a, a lift to go up and change out some of the lights. Andrew was some, doing some stuff. I, I got a text message and Chris was here and he said, hey, there's a lift at the church. Yeah. There's a lift. He said, do you have any ceiling tiles? I was like, no. He said, well, the, the, same, the, the foyer's got a ton of ceiling tiles that look really bad. If you'll buy some ceiling tiles, I'll change them out. I don't want to change ceiling tiles out. Y'all ever change ceiling tiles out? You pick it up, boom, insulation's right there in your face. It's horrible. I hate changing ceiling tiles. So what do I do? Hey, somebody go buy some ceiling tiles. <clears throat> like right now. I don't, so they go buy, you know what? He changes out all of this. How many of y'all noticed that those nasty ceiling tiles was gone? Well, I noticed. Thank you, Brian. I noticed. Listen, he's got this mindset. We get to do this. And when you have that type of mindset and you serve, you should get honor for that. Somebody give him a hand, clap of praise. (laughs) I don't want to leave anybody out, though, y'all. I see this mindset in our church. We get to do this. We get to come and spend a whole hour before y'all get here praying because we want God to show up. We get to get here at eight o'clock in the morning or whenever they get here to start prepping and getting worship ready to make sure that the worship is good. We get to show up early to greet people and open the door. We get to do that. I see that throughout our whole church. We get to teach people in Sunday school. We get to and you put it in where you serve. Thank you. I honor you as your pastor for having that attitude and that culture In our church, it's not an obligation to serve God and love people. It's an honor to serve God and love people. Somebody say amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 10. I want to show you that this is a mindset that Jesus teaches and pushes on his people. Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. It says, then James and John, the son of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us this favor. What's your request, he asked. They replied, listen, when you sit on the glorious throne, we wanna sit in the places of honor next to you, one on your right side and the other on your left side. Oh, no big deal. <laughs> Could you, small favor, when you go up there, can we be the next men down? Listen, but Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I'm gonna be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right and my left. God has prepared those places for ones that he has chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard that James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord over it with their people, lord over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, you must first be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must first be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many did y'all catch what he said? Y'all, that was huge. Here's what he said. Here in this world, the way that you know it and the way that you understand authority and honor because of how it's set up in this world, when people are in that place of authority and honor, they use that authority to lord over people, to rule over people. And then he says, with you, with my people, In my kingdom, everybody say with me, it will be different. Whoever wants to lead, whoever wants that place of honor must be the greatest servant, the slave, listen to that, of everyone else. The King, Jesus, the Savior, he came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. I want you to hear me out because I think that this is so important. What we will not have and what we will stand against in our culture at Clawson is any type of attitude of entitlement. You know, this is what our culture, this, that's what, this is what is filled in our culture. is this attitude of entitlement. And I hope I don't offend anyone, but right now we see races of people that feel like they're literally entitled to things simply because of the color of their skin. It's ridiculous. Whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Mexican, it's ridiculous no matter who you are. You're not entitled to anything because you are a color. Amen? How about we have classes of people that feel like because there's financial inequality that they should be entitled to the rich people's money even though they don't want to do the work that it takes to get the rich people's money. There is this attitude of entitlement that has infiltrated our culture. And can I be honest with you? That attitude, I don't care whether it's race, whether it's money, or whether it's something else, that is an unbiblical thing. That goes against your Bible. I want you to hear me say that. Here's what the Bible talks about God gives us gifts. He gives us talents. He gives us money. He gives us resources. And what the Bible has to say is that when you are faithful with what God has given you, then he will pour out more upon you. When you take the money and the resources and the time and the life that God has given you and you steward your life in a way that God can bless, I promise you, he will bless you. You know what else it says? When you're not faithful, not only will he not bless you, but he'll take it away from you and give it to someone that's faithful. Yeah, ouch, that hurts. So there is no entitlement, inequality, all of this stuff. It is you be faithful and you get more. And don't be faithful or get it taken away. Listen, can I be honest with you? I should not make, this is the same thing in the Bible with money. The Bible says, if you you don't work, you don't eat. Everybody wants to not work, stay at home and play on the PlayStation and get to eat. It don't work that way. If you don't work, you don't eat. If you're not faithful, well, suck it up and start getting faithful. It says a, a whole lot to say about money. Listen, I should not make the same amount of money as my brother. Y'all know what my brother does for a living? He's a doctor. You know how much money he makes? I don't know. He ain't told me. But I'm guessing it is several hundred thousand dollars. I shouldn't make several hundred thousand dollars. You know why? Because I didn't put in 12 years of college. And I didn't want to go. 12 years of college and work and do all of the stuff to be a doctor. And so instead of me being a baby, listen, if you want to be jealous about Fred's money, go be a doctor. It irritates the snot out of me that in our culture, we want to take things away from the people that are putting in the work and giving it to the people that don't want to do anything. And that is against the Bible. gum. <laughs> it's an attitude of entitlement is what it is. Well, I should get just because, because of what happened in the past, because because it don't matter. I had this conversation the other day with somebody on my couch. Here's what I said. When I was 19 years old, I was broke. We was about to have a baby and I was working three jobs. You feel sorry for me? I don't feel sorry for me. I feel good about myself now. That season stunk. I was working three jobs. I worked in cotton Patch during the daytime for the, cotton, for, the, for the lunch shift. I worked at Cafe Del Rio for the night shift. And then I went into Brookshire Brothers and stocked during the night. And I did that for months. Yo, it sucked. It was not fun. But the Bible says when you're faithful, when you're faithful, you know what I did? It was more important to me to put food on my table and to make sure that my bills was done than it was for me to be comfortable. And I wasn't going to whine about it. I was going to make a better way for my family. The Bible says, when you are faithful, I was faithful and I was faithful and I worked and I worked and God put me in a different place and I became faithful there. And God put me in a different place and I became faithful there. Now I'm, I'm, I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. You know what I'm doing now? Lord, where you want me to be Faithful. This attitude of entitlement is exactly what the disciples said, had when they said, can we sit in the place of honor? I love his response. Can we sit in the place of honor? That's an entitlement mindset. Listen to me now. Let me go a little deeper. Entitlement is exactly what Lucifer had when he was in heaven and he was an angel and he thought, I deserve, I can sing better than he can. I lift up, the, the, the sun comes up to my singing and blah, 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 blah. When he was in heaven, he had this entitlement mindset that he thought that he should be up there with God. Where did it get him? Listen, at Clawson, our attitude is built into this. We get to do this. We get to give. We get to be faithful. We get to pay tithes. We get to pray for people. We get to give out food boxes. We get to ride a bus with some bad kids. We get to do this, but we get to do this and we have this in our spirit because of everything that he has done for us. Mm. As I'm getting ready to close, I wanna invite our worship team to come. Amen. Come on, y'all. Y'all get to do this. Y'all at Clawson, this is where the party starts. Somebody say amen. Amen. And here's what I want to encourage you with. Listen to me this morning. When you come to the church house, come to the church house with an attitude of thankfulness and an attitude of expectation of what what you want To see God to do. And as you build that expectation and as you have that faithfulness, when you get here, every time that first song strikes up, it should be a party. Why? Because we're celebrating not only what he has done, we're celebrating what he's doing today and we're celebrating what we expect him to do tomorrow. And because we expect all that, we're coming to party. Secondly, at Clawson, we get to do this. I want to encourage you this morning. The thing that stops us from having that mindset is pride and entitlement. And if you have, it's easy. It's easy to allow pride and entitlement to worm and wiggle its way inside of your heart. And this morning, if you have allowed that to wiggle its way inside of you and you need to give your pride and your entitlement to the Lord, then I wanna encourage you to. Would you stand with me today? As everyone's standing, I wanna ask our altar team, would you guys step out and come up and get ready to pray for people in the front? (coughs) Listen, in just a minute, our worship team's gonna lead us in worship. Our altar team's gonna be down here if you want prayer. And as they're getting ready, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Everyone this morning, bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, when they begin to play this song in just a minute, let the Holy Spirit speak to you and lead you right now. If you're here today and you know that you are not in right standing with Jesus, we wanna celebrate with you as you get that right. We want to pray for you and believe for God's plan and his mission on your life. In just a minute, as they strike up this song, if you know that you need prayer, you know that you have things in your life that need to go. I'm asking you to step out and come. Listen, if you're here and you need to lay something down before God, maybe it's entitlement, maybe it's pride, maybe it's something else. But if you know that you need to lay something before God and and leave it at the altar in just a minute, I wanna ask you to come. If you're here and you need any kind of prayer, prayer over your family, prayer over your finances, prayer over your, maybe you need healing. Maybe you're just in a tough spot and you need prayer. Or lastly, if you're here and you wanna come up and have a party with Jesus as we love on him for one more song, as they begin to sing this song, would you step out and come right now? If you need prayer, if you wanna come and love on the Lord, come right now.